Hi, everybody that's listening and watching or consuming this in whatever form you choose. Uh, and thank you for checking out yet another Our New Normal session. Uh, it's a series I started to try and give an idea of what vegans around the world are experiencing during the COVID-19 pandemic. And hopefully through this, people will find some common things to connect with while also learning about some of the differences in the experiences that people are having. Uh, in this case today, I am talking with someone who runs a vegan business, and this, I believe, will be the second in the series of highlighting some vegan businesses as well, because obviously, not only are there people behind these businesses that are dealing with the pandemic, but there's also the businesses themselves that I feel, you know, people should be aware of that too. And on that note, could you please uh, give us an idea of your business and maybe yourself? Um, yeah, kind of both, maybe, if you can do that. Sure. Um, I'm Glenn, and I run, um, along with my wife, Nice Shoes in Vancouver, in Canada, uh, in British Columbia. We, I was trying to figure out when we opened, I forgot. <laughs> um, we opened in 2011, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think it's been nine years. Wow. Uh, so we've been around for a while, a little while. Um, and yeah, we sell shoes and bags and all those sort of leathery things, but vegan um, exclusively. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, yeah, with nine, nine years uh, in, in lovely Vancouver, I'm guessing you've seen quite a few changes, but obviously right now <laughs> there's been um, some significant changes that have kind of altered a lot of things around the world. But um, within Vancouver and maybe within BC, I'm not sure, like, how the restrictions are kind of coming down to, to people and stuff. Um, what are some of the things that have been happening involving the pandemic that have kind of affected like how you've been able to do business? Well, um, there weren't any actual restrictions on our business per se, um, uh, except in mid-March, by mid-March um, or even early March maybe late February, we'd started to see sales declines, you know, in-store mm -hmm. customers, people just weren't going out and shopping as much. Everybody was sort of worried that the world was going to fall apart. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was when there was like stock market was really declining. Um, everybody was freaking out uh, before any restrictions had gone into place in North America, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, so we started to get concerned and then um, businesses that we paid attention to or other businesses in town um, started closing voluntarily um, or restricting um, their operating hours and the services that they were offering just voluntarily. So uh, we were, it was kind of more expensive to stay open than to not um, yeah. at that point because it was just like so few people were coming in at that point even. So we just ended up deciding to close and with the government announcing they did this um, thing, the Canadian emergency response benefit, it's $2,000 a month um, if your employment is impacted. Um, and it was sort of retroactive, like they took them like several weeks to get it into place. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it was like April before people could apply for the March one and so on. Um, but with that, we were able to like, uh, we had one employee other than us, so um, we didn't have to let her go. She was just able to apply for that because 
we weren't giving her any hours. Yep. And then um, we weren't giving ourselves any paid hours either. So, you know, that enabled us to like, you know, live and eat while still <laughs> yeah. running a, um, a business, which we did, we've just been doing online so far. We've, we've just recently started doing um, by appointment kind of things. Oh, okay. So people can make an appointment and come and we have, we set up a little area outside the store. So it's, um, you know, out in the open air and then people can come and try on the shoes that they wanted to try on um, and then, and buy if they want to. So it's pretty yeah. low contact. We've tried to maintain a low contact thing, um, but for a while it was just like going to the store, packing up shoes, taking them to the post office. That was our, yeah. that was our work. Which is probably, I mean, I know you did online before, so there was that, but I'm sure there is definitely a bit of a shift compared oh, yeah, to the yeah. brick and mortar spot. Yeah, and it still kind of freaks me out every time I look at um, our income reports compared to previous years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sad. Um, <laughs> um, it's it's funny because I had actually like in my head I was thinking, okay, well, like you guys, like you folks have the online shop and everything, so I thought that's people can access it and everything. But then, like, partially because here, like I I bought a pair of like flip flops I think a year or two ago, and like that's the last pair of shoes I bought because. I don't need a variety here. It's like I just the less thing I can have on my foot in like forty degree heat, the happier I am. Um, yeah. But I forgot like how important it is to be able to try them on or anything. Because I remember when I was home, um, I think I was looking at buying like some winter shoes or whatever, and that was the frustrating thing because I was like, oh, I got all these options online, but like, damn, I don't want to get them show up in the mail and then be like, oh, they don't fit. Yeah. So yeah, I can see. I can see that being a pretty big, important yeah. thing. I mean, um, online was like 30% of our business or so, which wow. wasn't too bad. Um, and now it was fun to see it be 100%, because um, <laughs> yeah. I always did want to increase it. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, it probably hasn't increased much, because everybody was worried. You know, everybody was yep. watching their... Um, they had any investment savings, you know, all that stuff that the bank had convinced them to put into mutual funds. They were watching it be like <laughs> losing 20% or something. Uh, so uh, I feel like it's picked up a little bit, but I don't know what it's going to be like afterwards. I have no yeah. idea. It's just... So, I mean, because with BC right now, like I think they've there's been some relaxing, right, from what I've been hearing from other people. Yeah, they've... Um, there were restrictions put into place um, soon after or right around when we decided to close the physical store um, with restaurants and food establishments and places like that. Um, but yeah, they, but all the retail places closed because no one wanted to shop there anyway. Um, yeah. But some are opening now and there are um, WorkSafe BC um, does have um, like guidelines for businesses. I think they might be requirements for businesses for some businesses okay. but i don't know that any retail businesses are going to fall under those guidelines but restaurants and you know they yeah. still aren't allowing nightclubs and bars and so yeah still. those were i think i think those are open here now um it's 
I mean, it's it's kind of pitiful because for me, the the first thing that like when I like I left Thailand um, on March third and flew back here to Vietnam, and I mean, it was definitely on the radar in Southeast Asia then. Like Vietnam was sort of tackling this probably in like mid to late January because uh, they share a border with China and like they've also they dealt with like SARS and a few other things. So they kind of they were like, all right. <laughs> we're not waiting around to see how bad this can get like so there were some border closures to different countries and just various restrictions and we i think most of it has been pulled back minus the border stuff the border is still very much closed to basically everybody mm-hmm. um but the restrictions on businesses and stuff i think bars and clubs were the last and i think that got pulled back maybe in the last couple of weeks but for me i felt like things were different when I got here and I couldn't go see Onward, like the Pixar movie, because <laughs> I, I had been in like sort of a, not a remote part, like I was in Chiang Mai, but I was on the outskirts. And so it would have been like an hour and a half to like get to the cinema. And I was like, uh, when I'm in Saigon, it'll be like a five minute scooter ride. No problem. And then I got here and I think like a few days later, they were like, all right, bars, clubs, cinemas and stuff are shut down. And I was like, oh, I can't go see Onward. This pandemic sucks. <laughs> and I mean, now, obviously, with the scale of everything, I'm like, oh, my God, man, that was that was your big like that was your moment. And you were like, oh, it's ruining my fun. Um, we were like, it's, it's open here now. And but I mean, they're not showing like there are no new movies because, of course, all the studios were like, all right, we're going to wait. If we can't make a billion dollars, it's mm-hmm. not worth it. I think but, there's a there's a drive in in one of the, the suburb areas that I think I read there. about yeah because I know there were some um some bands have started uh I think July Talk maybe is planning um like they're based in Toronto and I think they're planning a couple of shows in like old drive-in settings which mm-hmm. again I mean it's the idea that I'm like that's gonna be weird but it's like it's a compromise I guess mm-hmm. it's a weird situation you never thought you would see right like for me the other big thing was hearing that the late night talk show hosts would be going without an audience in the studio and then they shifted to at home <laughs> and so like seeing stephen colbert doing his thing well hello who, who just joined us want to say hi no okay <laughs> <laughs> how old is she in a, in a few minutes i mean Oh. Okay. You're going to take the headphones and go? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> How old but is I don't know where mine are. Oh, you go ask mommy, okay? She knows where they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we also have a three and a half year old who um, um, is uh, handling. Wonderful. She's wonderful, her. right? Yeah, yeah, it's, she really misses being able to go to playgrounds. The city did close playgrounds. They're all, all, like, they put yellow tape around all the equipment and stuff, so you can't even, like, sneak and use the playground. Yeah, I heard, I think in Toronto, people were tearing down the signs, like, in the little parks and the pools, and the city had to be like, no, like, this isn't, you know, stop trying to find the loopholes or literally just tearing down the stuff, right? But Yeah, the science museum closed... Which we had been going to like every week. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's yeah, it's hard to find stuff to do. She yeah, gets frustrated. Yep. We I were think... in Taiwan in um, the end of January. Oh, okay. So, and I think we flew back. It was either January thirty first or yeah, January had thirty one days or February first. I can't remember. Um, Time is not a concern yeah. right now. Everyone I've talked to is like, "It's what day?" And I'm like, "It doesn't matter. It's still March." People were wearing masks. It was like 30 to 40 percent of the people in Taiwan, in Taipei, were wearing masks when we were there for um, New Year's. Yeah. And uh, when we left, the day we left, we felt super awkward because we still weren't wearing masks, but like every single other person in the airport was wearing masks. And they were checking yeah. temperatures. And even when we had gone to stuff, um, they were checking temperatures if it was like group activities like we took Simi to a play area and they were checking temperatures on people going in yeah in January they were yeah they were on the ball like yeah well I mean so many people have been um like a lot of people have been talking about Taiwan and their response right because obviously they have like um close connections to China and complicated connections to China <laughs> um they are and, close to China yeah, so like a lot of people thought like, oh, they're going to be the first country outside of um, China that's going to be hit by this. And because, I mean, you know, they had cases and everything, obviously, but it wasn't like as bad as I think people expected. Um, unfortunately, I've seen some people in the West use it as like some sort of argument against like shutting down the economy and everything. And I'm just like, yeah, you, I don't think you're aware of like some of the things they've been doing for months, like. Some of it would have, you know, people in Canada would be in an uproar because I read a piece, I think it was in CBC, that there are privacy concerns over Air Canada taking temperatures on flights. And I'm like, it's your temperature. I mean, yeah. if you've got a fever, I can kind of see if you're sweating. Like, yeah. I, I, went, don't know, I, don't know. I went to the supermarket, um, the TNT supermarket, which is an Asian supermarket, yeah. and I had my temperature checked on the way in. Yeah, I mean, here, here in Canada. Um, yeah, yeah. I am. Kind of nice to see that, I guess. Even though I don't I, know how effective it is. It's like the guy, like, sort of waves it near my head. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's. Well, when I went to Dilat to visit, um, my partner went there just before they did, like, they didn't call it a lockdown. I'll call it, like, a restricted mobility measure or something. Um, so she went She went to Dilat to her hometown. Uh, I think it was like whatever the end of March is, however many days you say it has. Um, so she went there and like she was supposed to go a day later and they called and they were like, look, they're going to shut down the like interprovincial or whatever buses. So do you want to take this like last one? And she's like, yeah, okay. And she tried to get a ticket for me and they were like, no, like anyone that entered the country after February 20th uh, is not allowed on the bus. And this was at the end of March. So this is like a month, month and a half after that cutoff date. Um, so I had to stay here and I just like I self-isolated. And um, and then eventually they lifted some of the restrictions. So I hopped on a bus and went to visit her. And it was a whole different world. I've been self-isolating here. And then I show up in Dilat where they've had no cases. Like I think the whole province had had no cases at all. And it's a very popular destination for Vietnamese people, like a tourist destination, very popular for honeymoons and just photo takers. Um, so the place was swamped. 
And suddenly I'm around all these people and there's some mask wearing, but no major enforcement. But yeah, like to go into this sort of mall slash grocery store area, we had the temperature check. There's hand sanitizer all over the city. Um, but for a little while, like we went to a cafe and sat down and I was just like, I was kind of freaked out by the whole thing because I was just thinking like there's people around me. I'm not wearing my mask. Like I'm drinking a drink at a cafe. And now I've eased into it because I was also at her family's place with like, I think six or seven other people in the house like multi-generational and you know sharing food and everything and I was just like well I mean I don't think I need to be super concerned because I'm in contact with all these other people that are out in the world um but school for her son they shut down the schools here I think because it was the new year in January and the virus sort of started really being on the radar here then so they extended the new year for a week or two I think and then they just kept going and schools only opened here I think it was maybe like two weeks ago, um, maybe three. Again, time is a weird thing, um, but they did like a staggered thing. And for the parents, like I just I couldn't understand it. Like basically she had to get up, take him to school early in the morning, but then get him again at like 1030 or 11. And he'd come home for lunch for a couple hours and then she'd bring him back to school. Um, or I can't remember if he had an afternoon. So they did that for like a week. And then after they were like, okay, now it's full day. And I was just like, did any of these planners have kids? Like, <laughs> how are you supposed to, you know, be able to do your work day if you've got like four drop-off points yeah. with your kid? Like, you know, so yeah, I mean, I can, I've talked to a few parents too that have been like, yeah, uh, my kids miss being able to be around like other kids and stuff. Yeah. Not only is it the, like if when your kid is the same age as our kid, she's like, you know, first year preschool kind of age. This is when you're hoping to like sort of socialize her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want just this feral child running around with no, um, no ability to communicate with other people. Yeah. Basically, you... she's just seen us for like months. Oh, wow. For, for better or worse, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how have it's you, Like, have you, have you explained it at all, like on some level? Oh yeah, What's yeah. She knows. She's like, I, I wish the virus was over. <laughs> <laughs> and when we, we, you know, we're like, we have to wash our hands because of the virus. And she's like, okay. No, no, she, she gets that sort of. Um, yeah, I am. Um, well, my partner's kid. Uh, he was watching like the Cartoon Network. I think there's like an Asian version, and they had like, in between the shows, there was a commercial about like being clean is cool and wash your hands and this and that it was this whole little song and dance from like all the cartoon characters and i was like all right so so they're pushing it on like many levels many ages yeah. um but yeah i haven't i've talked to a few families and i know i don't know if i've talked with anyone with like teenagers because to me like i'm sure that you know that sort of like you, everyone can still talk with their friends and everything on their phones and stuff and so that hasn't changed but like the idea of missing your high school grad and everything, I just feel like there'd be so much drama in that. Like yeah. the end of the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, but missing I mean, your graduation, missing your prom. Yeah, right. Like that's the big deal. I mean, my um, my niece is missing her graduation, her senior year, and my nephew, her older brother, is missing his first year at university. 
Wow. So it's like, like, it's weird. Yeah. And like, so it's like extra stuck at home. Yeah. So, I mean, just like, I mean, that's one of the long-term things that I'm concerned about is like the education aspect because there's so many people that it's been interrupted. And I mean, obviously, depending on situations, like an interruption can lead to just not going back, like for whatever reason. Right. And then, yeah, there's been shifts to online, but that's not accessible for everybody. And, you know, then you got parents trying to maintain like schedules and trying to homeschool and stuff. So, um, but aside from that, you're also running a business, yes, <laughs> which is true. what we were talking about. I warned you there'd be detours. Um, I didn't know maybe one would be caused by a, well, running, a three and a half year old, but running a business is awfully boring. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like like this is this is said by someone who's been doing it for nine years. I feel like in the first year you might not have said that. Yeah, you know, it was more exciting back then. Um, (laughs) And I, you know, you 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 order a bunch of stuff that you hope people are gonna like. Yeah. Um, And then it gets weird when you can't show it to them. So, uh, yeah. Now we have we you know like we decide to try a new brand this season or a couple new brands like relatively inexpensive but vegan shoes um that would be good for the summer but it's hard you know you got to figure out a way to get people to see them and sometimes you wanted to like hand them to them because they're so light nice yeah can't um, how, um so i mean how have you adapted have you any creative ways that come out of this in terms um, of like what you're saying like demonstrating shoes to people and stuff no we've we we posted that we could do like virtual shopping, but mm-hmm. nobody ever asked about it or anything. Yeah. Um, but people have been ordering, um, and people have been now taking advantage of the appointment because they can come and try okay. on a bunch of shoes. So that's nice. Like the local market is into that, I guess. And we can yeah. we can deliver stuff to people. How um. I mean, have there been any major issues with like with stocking and delivery, like from your suppliers and everything? Well, we ended up we canceled a bunch of orders too. Yeah, at the beginning of it, so we cut back on the costs that we were going to have because we knew that we weren't going to sell a bunch of stuff. But most of the spring stuff had come in. Um, okay. Now we're thinking about fall and whether we're going to need to uh, reduce the orders because we'd really, you know, bought based on last fall, which yeah, we're expecting um a second wave probably like september october i would think you know because then people will be back indoors and we don't even know if like having this physical store open in the fall is a good idea Mm -hmm. there won't be a viable vaccine really until sometime like mid next year so yeah it's it's gonna be a while yeah um so if you know if cases drop and it's we st- we're at, still at this rate um, and we do limited people in the store, it might be okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, it's hard to tell, but we're definitely going to like have to cut back on, on stock. Yeah. I, th- I th- also think that fewer people are just going to be shopping because it's not, nope, like a bunch of people don't have jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's like as much as I, as much as I sort of don't like, you know, talking about trickle-down economics or whatever because I feel like there's some problems to it. Like in this case, the the fact is, you know, that kind of everybody is 
hurting because it's not like it just sort of hit one pocket. It's like, you know, you cutting down on your orders is cutting down on orders from the suppliers who are now seeing less income. And then there's all those people. And then your customers obviously are concerned about their money. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're also not outside walking as much. So they're not wearing down their old shoes. So right. yeah, <laughs> now they're, they're like, like they can put off getting a new pair of sandals or boots because they still got a pair that's okay. Yeah. And maybe they'll save the money, which is probably, you know, good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in like, some ways, but you got to yeah. balance the capitalism, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's the same with me. Like, I mean, I, I put the magazine out, it's, it's pay what you want for people, but I mean, ideally, I want everyone to pay for it, and it would be nice if they paid well for it, because then I'm able to, like, go out and buy food and stuff. Um, But then on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, like, I am putting it out there for free if you want it to be, because I get that maybe people don't have the cash to spend on some random online magazine. Like, in the priority list, especially (laughs) now, it's not high. so yeah it's it's interesting but i mean maybe you just need to stop selling durable shoes just stuff that falls apart easily yeah i know we've thought about that um (laughs) that's a business model that people don't tend to really like the super durable shoes all that much so yeah (laughs) so the problem sort of take care takes care of itself yeah i feel i feel like people want something that sticks around for a while (laughs) maybe um so what i mean in terms of like obviously we we kind of just like touched on the the work-life balance i mean how how are you maintaining it i guess with the shift online but like you still have to go to the store right like you still have to kind of check the stock and pack up orders and everything so how how are you maintaining like a balance between like the needs of your personal life obviously like with the family and the needs of the business right now. What's well, what's I mean, we're in a we're in a pretty decent situation because it's the two of us who run the business. So we just alternate days. Yeah. And we just take Sundays off. So we each work three days a week. Um, oh, okay. So it's and it's it's not a full day of work either. We end up we are try to be at the store for three hours. Mm-hmm. So that if there's a delivery or a pickup or something, we're there. And there's sort of a set time. Yeah. So that's pretty easy. Um, but yeah, we do always have to go over. But that also makes it so that we're not, we don't feel too cooped up at home. We're actually like getting out of the house and we each get to see sort of what the city's like. Um, yeah. And what other people are doing. And that there are actually other people who exist <laughs> in the world. Um, and there's a surprising a lot of people out. Yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of people have to do stuff. People need to work at the grocery stores and they need to buy groceries. And... That's true. There's there's plenty of reason. I mean, I know, well, um, I think the last call I did uh, was with someone who's involved with Chili's on Wheels, which is an organization based in New York City for the most part. Um, and I mean, she's been going out like every day. Like it's, it's mainly food distribution um, mm-hmm. to houseless people and just people in need and so she's been going out like every day and her life hasn't shifted that much. Um, but in that conversation, we also talked about like how it has, it's for her at least, it's led to like a weird little disconnect between all of her friends that are like self-isolating and everything 
and in a way are kind of like becoming more fearful of going outside and stuff because staying inside has become normal. Um, whereas for her, like she's still been going out every day. She's been in contact with people and like she's been taking precautions, but you know, she didn't slip into that mode of like stay home, self-isolate. And, um, but yeah, I mean, there are lots of people out there who are doing things to make sure that everyone else can stay home and self-isolate and, you know, go on a website and click a button and have whatever they want delivered to them. I mean, here, like, I'm sure in Vancouver, there's plenty of options too, but like in Saigon, you can, I mean, if you want a chocolate bar at the convenience store, you can like have somebody deliver it to you on a scooter. Like, oh, wow. yeah, you, you just, money, you can do that stuff here. Oh, but I mean, it's the problem is, here. but here, like, it's cheap. It's just the issue, like my partner and I don't use it that much because what comes with that is just plastic. Like, oh, yeah. you can, you know, you can order like a smoothie if you want and it'll show up in a little plastic cup with a straw in a plastic bag. And I'm just like, uh, or we could like pop out to the market in the morning, get some fruit and whatever, and just make them at home. But yeah, I mean, I've got friends that would just be like, I want an ice cream. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Half an hour later, someone's knocking at the door with like just an ice cream, right? And I'm like, man, the city makes it way too easy. Yeah. So we were, yeah. uh, we were, we never did much in the way of, or at all, like food delivery. I don't think for this um just mostly because we didn't have any income um, yeah but we had we did get some food like groceries and stuff delivered which was we felt safer doing that than you know dragging ourselves to the grocery store and standing in line for seven hours yeah. um, and i mean it probably like it also helps you manage your time a little bit better i mean because at least then you're able to be home but I've heard I've heard there's some pretty big lineups online. At least some of the people I've talked to said like, yeah, it's like you've got to kind of plan ordering for like a week in oh, advance. No. We tried ordering from the supermarket, and I think it was like two weeks. They were like, we have a delivery window in two weeks, so you sort yeah. of like get it, and you change your order a bunch of times before that, and they pick it like well, on yeah. the day, so you have no idea if what you want is going to be there. <laughs> oh man and simi's um, pretty particular with her soy milk so you know we got to try to oh, get really? soy milk and yeah and then they're out and we go to finally go to the grocery store with masks and try and find it and they're out and it took days yeah so there's what i mean well okay maybe we don't need to sponsor a brand but What's is there is there a rationale to the preferred soy milk or is it just well when she was little um, after we switched her from formula to um, a non formula mm -hmm. we switched her to a soy milk and we picked the silk the silk okay. was just the one that we happened to give her because it was fortified mm -hmm. the best I think and it was the fattiest um, so and it, they do it unsweetened so it was pretty good um, so she that's like we tried That's another it. brand of soy milk and she was like this <laughs> what are you what are you doing to me i'm on to it's you it's like literally the same ingredients um, yeah oh yeah but yeah she thought bad my my mom's a, i think the silk almond is the one for my mom like oh, yeah. she definitely prefers that one i've i've noticed i mean 
here it's I think I've got like two options and they're just like local Vietnamese. If I try to get like silk almond here, it's like ten dollars. Like I can get it. They're like foreigners sort of focused more kind of like your whole food style sort of shops. Mm-hmm. But I, I think at one point I went in because they have a better chocolate selection. Um, and so I'll usually pop in for that. But otherwise, I sent my folks a photo. I think of, there was a box of cream of wheat. And it came to think about 8 to $10 Canadian wow. for just like the <laughs> one box. And I was thinking, I was like, man, I mean, I guess if I was making like English teacher, like international school money, and I've been here for a while, I might cave at some point and get the cream of wheat. But like right now on my budget, I was looking at that. I was like, there is no way I do that when I can go out and get like a banh mi for a dollar. It's not like if you go to Whole Foods here, the silk is like six dollars. Yeah. So it's not like a lot less than it is there. (laughs) Um, But if you go to Superstore, which is. Yeah. um, Bigger, but not really any more bigger than Whole Foods, um, it's like $3 or $4. So it's almost half. It's so, so you can save a bunch of money by going there. It, they buy the same thing. Um, yeah. And they are equally bad to their employees. So. <laughs> yeah. I know, um, I think when I was in Vancouver, I realized like there were some things that I could go to Whole Foods that would be cheaper. Like maybe the slightly rarer vegan goods that Whole Foods probably bought more of right. than Superstore Sobeys. But then there were other things that I'd just be like, what the hell, Whole Foods? Like, why? why are you charging me that when, you know, you could go to Commercial Drive or whatever and get it for like half the price? And I, know. I don't know. Um, Even Choices, which is a much smaller grocery store, their prices are sort of in line with Whole Foods, sometimes a little less. Yeah. Sometimes more for produce because they buy less, I think. Yeah. But their pies are less. Like the choice of pie costs less, which is weird. (laughs) It's better. I don't know. Strange. Capitalism, man. Capitalism. It's like, I'm still confused why we have to buy garlic from China in Canada. Like, it seems like the only option in most grocery stores, at least on the East Coast. And I'm like, why? Is there nowhere else in even North America that can produce garlic for cheaper because i'm pretty sure they grow it in other places <laughs> but every time i've gone like in back home in newfoundland i'll be like all right i'm gonna try and buy stuff at least like within atlantic canada or something like mm-hmm. and then i'll look and i'll you know i'll end up putting like carrots and potatoes in the cart and that's it and my folks will be like you're not gonna get anything else i'm like no everything else is from california or china like it's too far away and yeah. garlic was one of the sticking things because it was like I it's it can't be that hard to grow it like I think I think we have some rice from China. Yeah. In our house. I mean it's I think most of the rice I've seen is usually from well somewhere over here typically. Um but yeah, the garlic thing just I mean cuz I get it like pineapples and stuff fine. I don't expect pineapples to be grown in like eastern Canada. <laughs> You're not going to see that. I know Nova Scotia grows kiwis apparently. In oh. the valley they've yeah, I've heard that they started growing like Arctic kiwis that are apparently a little smaller and like hardier huh. to like the colder temperatures. But I mean, the valley, I think it's, well, what, in BC, it's the Okanagan, is it? Oh, that would be where they would grow things like that, yeah. Yeah, so the valley in Nova Scotia is like an hour outside of Halifax. And 
freaking beautiful, but like one of those kind of pockets in Canada mm -hmm. where they just grow. I think apples are the big deal there. And spending like 10 years in Halifax, I got used to it. And apples here are not cheap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't really grow that well in this, you know, in this part of the world. That and berries. I've come to realize that like, you know, the blueberries and raspberries I could pick outside of like my parents' place in Newfoundland over here are not. That's true, good. yeah. Like, I mean, there's a ton of fruit in Asia, though. And every time we go there, it's like fruit galore. Oh, yeah. It's like it's mangosteen season here now. So that's that's my big thing. Have you had a mangosteen? I, had a, I don't think I've ever had a mangosteen. Little tiny like purple thing with like little green leaves. Oh, no, I've seen them. I don't know. I have never tried them. Oh, they're amazing. Apparently really hard to grow outside of like the tropics. But people have been trying. I don't know. Anyway, this is another random aside. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm looking at the questions and seeing I think we covered a bunch of it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, basically, you, you've kind of been like, like you said, you've been like sort of splitting shifts between work and home and everything. So you at least have the advantage of um, having someone else that you can like tag in to right. take over. Um, have you have you pulled the whole like trying to to like bargain with your shift day so so maybe she'll go or oh yeah we switch if we need to yeah there's but there's no major like bargaining you're not like I'll do the dishes for a week if you go today no no it's, okay so I mean I guess nine years you've you've kind of had the ups and downs already of the family business yeah it doesn't the days aren't different enough that it matters like. Yeah, we forget what day of the week it is all the time. Anyway, so just like, have you gone in on a Sunday and been like, "Wait, we're supposed to be closed"? No, no, we usually remember when we. Okay. Um, yeah, we the way we usually do it is that whoever isn't working is the one who um, like does the dishes and makes food. Yeah, and then okay. the one who did work puts me to bed. So it's sort of like you. One person has a bunch of stuff to do in the evening, and one person doesn't. Yeah. You know. What's um? What's your commute like? Like, how close are you to the shop? It's like eight kilometers. Hmm. Okay, so it's a bit of a distance. Yeah, it's bikeable yeah. if you want to get there sweaty. There's an <laughs> awful hill up, up, and then down. And oh, okay, yeah. That was. Those, like, you have to drive. You have to go over a hill. It's really annoying. Um, it's a short drive, and yeah. we have to drive anyway because we have to go to the post office. I was gonna say because I know like transit there has been open pretty much the whole time, right? Like the SkyTrain stuff. Technically, yeah. Um, but I did take transit one day because I uh, I went out the back door of the store to put stuff in the car and forgot my keys in the store, and. Oh. The doors locked by themselves, so I had to walk. I had to come home and get the keys and then go back. Um, <laughs> no. So I I did ride the bus part way home that day, and they have every other seat is closed, mm -hmm. it was taped off, and they didn't allow any standing. You could only get on if there was a seat. So it was yeah. just like, you know, on a big bus, you get like twenty people. So uh, it was. You have to let a couple of buses go by most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, are they are they running them for free now, or are they still taking payment? 
it was for free. Okay, yeah, because I know a lot of places have cut it off because then there's like less contact with the bus driver and stuff. So it'll be. Everybody's getting on the back door. I mean, I I don't expect that most transit systems will be maintaining that later. I mean, it would be an interesting shift, but given a lot of the financial difficulties public transit has, I'm guessing they're going to need to get back to making the money. Um, So actually, speaking of getting back to making money and everything, is there is there any way that I mean I guess you have the online store so would that probably be the best way for people to support you like if they can't pop in for a a scheduled shoe visit sending checks yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> money uh our website niceshoes.ca um, is you know the best way you can buy shoes and we ship a lot of orders across Canada for free so okay it's not it's not a bad deal. Um, like orders over $50 are free shipping. Um, there's some shipping charges on sale shoes and stuff like that, but the regular stuff is free. Okay, cool. We um, reduced that to make it easier for people. It used to be $100 and we reduced it to 50 Yeah. Nobody has any money. <laughs> it's true. Um, well, I'm, I mean, I'm glad to hear that so far, at least you've been able to to operate in some capacity, and I hope, I hope that uh, things turn around somehow, and maybe come the fall, you're you're able to open the brick and mortar if that's what you want to do and choose to do. That's, that's yeah. The fall is where I think we're going to see weirdness. I don't know. We'll see how the fall goes. Yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, there's it's there's really no handbook for this, right? Be really reopening, I think. Yeah. So we can make it to like next summer, I think. Well, hopefully you can, and uh, I definitely recommend that people check out what you're doing and support you if they can, because um, I'm sure, you know, everyone needs at least one pair of shoes, and maybe hopefully in the coming months, people will be doing a lot more walking and exploring as restrictions lift, so if they can check out niceshoes.ca, right? That's what you said? Yep. Yep. All right, cool. Otherwise, um, thank you so much for joining me, and I'm guessing that the headphone issue got figured out because she hasn't come back in. So yeah, I, I think so. She has her own pair of like um, little kid headphones. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I hope your your afternoon and evening is relatively quiet from here on in. Yep. Um, and tell uh, it's Joanne, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah tell her I said tell her I said hi, and um, we will we will talk again in some form or another. Hopefully, hopefully in better terms. Yes. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks so much.